In today's show, we look ahead to Wednesday. It's a busy day. There are 12 games on. We can still look for a little bit of forward planning stuff, but the more important thing is what we're watching for on Wednesday, what situations need to be clarified. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 12 games Wednesday. Streaming, not really a thing. We'll talk about you know, things, guys that we can add that would be startable, but we're not just looking to maximize games on a day like this. So at the end of the show, we'll look at the four-day outlook, which guys we can add who have got that real boost that we can actually use. But there are plenty of things that we need to pay attention to on Wednesday. So warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, Pacers, Sixers. First game up. The Sixers are six and a half point favorites in this one. And yes, yesterday in the recap show, I completely forgot to recap the Pacers side of the box score. And I think the one people wanted to know about is Aaron Neesmith and Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith had a double-double in bench minutes. I don't care. Like I'm, uh, There was... Um, look, that's fine. It was a good game. There's no reason that I'd rush to add Jalen Smith in 10 or 12 or probably even 14 team leagues, to be honest. I just, I, I, it was a double-double, and that gets people's attentions, attention, but I don't care. I'm not looking to add Jalen Smith. And as for Aaron Neesmith, well, like we talked about with him, when you are a low-usage player and you post big lines on 70% shooting, then when it does normalize, what are you giving us? And that's what happened. He shot 25% at 10 points. He really isn't a must-roster 12-team league player. Even though he's going to lock in at 29, 30 minutes a night, he's a 14-team league guy with fringe 12-team value. And that's what we want to watch here is what Neesmith does in this game, what Jalen Smith does in this game. Does that back up what I just said about their production from yesterday? We will find out. We know Daniel Tice is out. We know Kendall Brown is out. Uh, Chris Duarte left last game with an ankle injury. He said he's fine. But of course, like he, I, I had him listed probable because there's nothing to worry about. He could have come back into the game. Every player and every coach lies about these injuries. Uh, he's available. And guess what? Guess who's officially questionable for this game? Chris Duarte. So yeah, maybe he could have come back into the game. He's questionable. So, yeah. Not that we care about him for 10 or 12 or probably even 14 team leagues, but with his absence, it does give a little bit of boost to Neesmith, to Nempard, who only played 20 minutes last game, to Heald, um, to Mather, and all those guys get a bit of a boost if Duarte is out. On the Sixers side of things, we had um, Tyrese Maxey on the Bilo show today. Yeah, today. He played 27 minutes last game. What's his um, playing time going to look like in this one? Are we pushing back to 30 already? I, I guess we could. What is he? And look, and I detailed this by logo. Watch that. Talked about like even before these two games, the shooting has been off. It's way off. Free throws, just you can't hit them. Threes, nowhere near it. Can we get that back? Because that's honestly what he relies on. He doesn't do anything else. He needs to hit his shots. Also want to watch the Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. 
Two to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Because Harris has been outside the top 100 over the last two weeks, and I really worry about how he fits now that Maxi is back. I wonder if he proves me wrong or if my preseason prediction on Harris ends up being proven right. Let's get another piece of data in on that one. The Suns and the Cavs. A lot of players out in this one. Phoenix, Cam Johnson's out. Devin Booker's out. Dean Wade is out in Cleveland. Ricky Rubio is out in Cleveland. Jay Crowder, of course, is out in Phoenix. Darius Garland is officially doubtful with that thumb injury. They barely play in, in doubtful. Now, one thing with doubtfuls, it's like a 10% chance they play. If he gets upgraded to questionable during the day, then he's almost definitely going to play. So just watch that. If they do change it to questionable, he will play. This is most likely. Evan Mobley is questionable as well. So that means the opportunity for Kevin Love, who's played big minutes in the last two games, is there. And Karis LeVert, the opportunity for him to absolutely rub his dick all over your field goal percentage. Like he shot 15% yesterday. Like that chance is going to be there. Gross. For the Suns, Chris Paul was on my buy low show. I don't, he just, I don't know why he can't hit shots. Two pointers are down. Free throws are down. He's just struggling like a lot. Let's see if he can turn it around or is he hashtag washed? I don't think he's full washed, but I sort of want to know where he fits here. It's been pretty rough. It's been a rough. Mikhail Bridges can't hit shots at all. I know a lot of talk is that he needs to have Devin Booker next to him to be able to hit shots. And maybe that's right. But I do expect some improvement from what he's currently doing. So it's really bad. Like he's just not hitting anything. And we do need that to improve. For the Cavs, yes, we want to watch the big fella, Donovan Mitchell. He's gone. He's good. Because it is worth remembering that he was struggling before that last game. He was outside the top 100 over the last week before yesterday's game. He's still not top 20 over the last two weeks, including yesterday's 71-point performance. How does he respond? He is going to likely see more assists and more usage with Darius Garland out, and that will help him. But, like, what do we get here? A game where he gets forced? A game where he gets double teamed consistently? Well, I want to see well, how he responds to that game. I also want to see the Discman. C.D. Arsman, who played 33 minutes last game with Wade and Rubio and Windler and Garland and Mobley all out. Yeah, more minutes than Lamar Stevens, more minutes than Isaac Okoro, and it was useful. In fact, Osman's played 20-plus minutes in four straight games. So... He's not the worst guy to look at in, in like 16-teamers. But again, we're not really streaming guys in with this many games on. Grizzlies-Hornets. The Grizzlies are six-point favorites. Um, some interesting injury stuff here. It looks like Brandon Clark won't play. He is... Well, he's out. He's been ruled out. While Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama are both questionable after missing their last game. But the more intriguing things for fantasy are on the Charlotte side. Kelly Oubre is out for weeks. He's a drop. He's out for like six weeks with hand surgery. Gordon Haywood's officially doubtful, but, right, that you look at that go, oh, that sounds good, doubtful. Okay, mustn't be too bad. I still think this is a week to 10 days minimum. Remember, Cody Martin was doubtful for four weeks. Terry Rogier was doubtful for about three weeks. Hornets and doubtful, it doesn't actually mean anything. It doesn't mean he's avoided serious injury at all. It doesn't mean that he's avoided missing a week at all. I look, Haywood wasn't producing anyway. And I know you can, you might want to wait, but like with the way that they've given injury reports, the way that Haywood has struggled to play, and it's a soft tissue injury on a 33 year old guy, like I, I just don't care. Like if you drop him, I don't think you're actually losing too much here. And I think that the doubtful tag is going to allow people to hold on to him for too long, and I would move on. But what we see in Charlotte is actually we'll talk about that in a sec. Let's go to the, the Memphis side. Desmond Bain, who has really struggled since he came back. Well, not really, but he hasn't been himself. 
Let's see if we get the assist back up and some of the shooting numbers. And Tyus Jones was great last game. Now, I expect that that was entirely because Bain was out. And Jones had struggled in the games prior to that last performance on the weekend where he was awesome. I think he still just remains an absolute luxury stash for a top two team. And that's it in 12-team formats. On the Hornets, we want to see what happens with Jalen McDaniels. Um, but I, oh, I actually should have mentioned this before. Cody Martin, he's back. Maybe. He's questionable. And Cody Martin is a guy that Steve Clifford, I think he's going to really enjoy. And he'll probably get into a 20-minute role soon. I don't think he's going to be a 12-team lead player. But I wouldn't be shocked if Cody ends up playing 27 minutes a night in three weeks. So Jalen McDaniels is going to be the ad. I believe he'll play 28, 31, 32 minutes. I think it strengthens PJ Washington a bit as well because McDaniels won't be playing much at the four. You'll get Washington playing there more at the four. And that will also, I think, mean that the center minutes won't have any PJ playing there. It'll be Plumlee and Mark Williams, and that's it. Not like two, three minutes of PJ at center. And what that also means is the backup four position is going to be filled by JT Thor for deeper leagues. There was some thought and people suggested maybe Dennis Smith Jr. becomes a stream. We saw Dennis Smith grab tons of value earlier in the season, but that was because Ball and Rogier were out. I honestly don't see them running lineups with Ball, Rogier, and Smith. Ball is 6'7", true, but Rogier's not that tall, and Smith is 6'1". I don't see the three-point guard lineup being used all that much, especially with Cody Martin being upgraded. Smith will get 18, 20 minutes. He played 18 in his first game. Is 20 minutes enough to be a 12-team ad? I don't I don't really think so. And I, I, I know those steals are really useful and you can stream him in for that sort of stuff, but I don't think that it's any sort of must-roster situation for Dennis Smith. And the return of Cody Martin hurts him quite a bit, I think, here because they, they, they won't have to force into these three-point guard lineups a huge amount. But maybe I'm wrong. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for professional leagues and amateur leagues. That means the NFL, the NBA, college football, and college basketball, as well as all other sports. It's all there at BetOnline.net. If we look at the college football championship game, the Georgia Bulldogs are 13-point favorites over TCU. Do you think Georgia's actually that much better than TCU? I don't know. But you can go and check out those odds for the biggest game of the year in college football. The total's also set at 62.5, so if that's what interests you, go and have a look. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next game we have a look at, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic. This is a back-to-back for the Thunder. They play on Tuesday and they play on Wednesday. With injuries here or suspensions, the Magic are without Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner, Kayvon Harris, and Admiral Schofield. There's also no Jalen Suggs, Chumura KK, Jonathan Isaac, and Bol Bol is in COVID protocols. So yeah, they're in trouble. Um, for the Thunder, Robinson Earl is out. Pokyshevsky is out. Um, and that's really it. Oh, Usman Jeng as well, but no other rotation players are out. The Thunder, they're going to back-to-back, so we're just going to be watching the same things, but that'll change depending on what happens in that game on Tuesday. For the Magic, I want to see if Wendell Carter... Um, well, what, what they, They're going to have to start him, right? Because Mo Wagner's out, Bol Bol's out, so they're going to have to start um, Mo, uh, Wendell, and I thought he was pretty good last game before he was suspended in that game against the Pistons, so I'm expecting some pretty big stuff from Wendell. I wonder if he still has a minutes restriction. I also want to see Markel Fultz, whose minutes have been a bit down. He hasn't played 30 in five straight games. 
I'd like him to get back to that. Sugg still isn't there. Cole Anthony played really well last game before he was suspended. Or was it last game or the one before? Anyway, he's had a couple of solid enough games. I still believe Fultz over Anthony is the right call, but I'm, you know, I'm, it's like a 60-40 um, probability that I feel that that's the way it's going to go. So we just always want to keep watching that. Terrence Ross is going to have to play an expanded role here. Now, he was dreadful last time out, and he might be dreadful again, but there's no bowl. And there's no Franz Wagner in the starting lineup. So I think we'll see a lot of Fultz and Cole Anthony together. We'll get um, more minutes for Gary Harris. We've got more minutes for Terrence Ross. And then you've got Caleb Houston, Mo Bamba, and Roderick Hampton, who are going to have to pick up the slack there. So there are opportunities. But again, it's a 12-game Wednesday. Do you actually want to stream Terrence Ross or Caleb Houston or Gary Harris? I'd consider uh, Mo Bamba, but yeah, I'm not massively into it. Spurs and Knicks next game. The Knicks are eight-point favorites. Cater Bates Diop is out. RJ Barrett is out. Obi Toppin has been upgraded to doubtful, so his return is probably coming pretty soon from that fractured kneecap. That'll likely take Jericho Sims out of the rotation when he returns. For the Spurs, I want to watch Jakob Pertl, who is back to full minutes, but last game was a blowout, so that's why his minutes were down, where he only played 20 in that one. He played 29 and 30 of the games prior to that. So let's see if he's able to get back and play those minutes again. And then Trey Jones, who's had some ups and downs. I think he's been relatively solid, but can't really break through for a a big level of consistency. And that's what I want to pay attention to here. For the Knicks, I am expecting another strong game and big minutes for Emmanuel quickly. Um, your sell high window is going to close really soon. Um, so try and cash in. Let's hope he has another big game that can strengthen your case in a trade. I also want to watch the double royal, Julius Randle. Randle's been killing it. He's been playing an insane amount of minutes, like just an insane amount of minutes. 40, 38, 40, 41, 43, 39, 40. Like, they are crazy minutes. But he's been playing them. He's been playing well. He's been benefiting from extra usage and extra ball handling opportunities without Bronson and without um, uh, Barrett. That's been helpful for him. Yes, his percentages can suffer, but he's on a hot streak. And I know some people don't seem to believe that, and they think that I'm being a Julius Randle hater. I still think he's a top 50 player rest of season, which is a big adjustment from where I had him um, at the start of the year. But to be... Honest with Julius Randle, I was actually ahead of ADP on him. I think I had him 70th, maybe 65th. And Yahoo rankings had him like 105th, 100th. I got him in a few leagues because that was ridiculous. Um, I didn't expect him to improve this much and he's been great. But I do think there will be a slight... I don't know that they have to rely on him to play 40 minutes every night as we move forward. And especially in this one where it is blowout potential. Derek Rose could return as well, but he's not going to play. Bucks and Raptors. Um, Chris Middleton, we know he's out. Yuck. Um, Otto Porter's out for the Raptors. Well, George Hill is questionable, but that's for... Um, well, George Hill's out on Tuesday, sorry. So he's questionable for Wednesday. What we don't know is whether Giannis and Drew, who are both playing Tuesday, will play Wednesday. We don't know that at this point. On the Raptors, what I do want to watch is the performance of Gary Trent, top 30 over the last two weeks, shooting the lights out, big minutes. Will they keep starting him? I would have to believe that they do. The only real threat, I think, to take that spot away from him is going to be Precious Achua or going up against a Bucks team starting Brook Lopez and Giannis. Maybe they do put Christian Coloco back in there. So I want to see Trent, his role in his minutes, and also I want to see Achua, who I don't, don't believe is a 12-team league player. Don't get me wrong. But if Precious can push to 22, 23 minutes, then that will have an impact on other players. Yeah, Boucher's and Young's and Flynn's and Coloco's and those guys, but maybe it's on Trent as well. So we always wanted to gather that data to see how things are trending. The Blazers and the Wolves. 
no spread out at this point. There are a lot of injuries in this game. Justice Winslow is out. Nasir Little is out. Um, in Minnesota, uh, Yusuf Nurkic is probable, so that's great. But Gary Payton is listed questionable after re- playing one game. The ankle sprain, that is an L. On the Minnesota side of things, Towns is out. Jordan McLaughlin is out. But in good news, Torian Prince has been upgraded to questionable. Didn't expect him to be back, so I've got him as out, but they have upgraded him to questionable. Um, Naz Reed is questionable with back spasms. And D'Angelo Russell, who missed Monday's game, has been taken off the injury report. So a few updates there on that injury situation. On the Blazers, I do, did want to see what Peyton could do, but now he's dealing with an ankle problem. So I don't I don't think he's a 12-team league ad. And then I also want to Jeremy Grant, who's been on fire, shot the ball unbelievably last game. He's on a real hot streak. Yeah, you'd feel like at some point that is going to cool off. But, you know, he's been hot many, many times this season. And... Maybe he just is this good. I don't, I don't think he is, but maybe he is. So we just want to continue to get an idea of where he fits. And also what I want to see with Jeremy is where does his usage sit in comparison to like Anthony Simons? Like that's what I want to watch. Like he's hitting 44% of his threes this season. It feels unlikely to stick and that's fueling so much of what he's doing, but maybe it does stick. On the Wolves, I want to watch Kyle Anderson who's been getting some really strong minutes. Um, he's probably a 12-team league player at the moment. And then I want to watch Jalen Noel, who 31 minutes last game with Russell out. His shooting has been terrible this season. Also, I think there is a big chance of a second-half shooting bounce back. But Russell returning and Prince returning, I wonder how they use him. I, I wonder where he sits in the rotation. Probably not even a 14-team league guy would be my guess. Rockets Pelicans. No spread or total out at this point. We know for Houston that Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, is out. But in New Orleans, there are more, more better players that are out. I don't know why I call them more better. They're just better players. Zion is out. Oh, yeah, I got my Zion sound drop. I've got to get myself into the habit of doing it. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. Brandon Ingram is out. And Larry Nance is out. So we've got huge opportunities for Yanis Valanciunas, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, Najee Marshall, and even Jackson Hayes. All of those guys, I think, are at least 12-team usable while these players are out. And it does not feel like Brandon Ingram is going to be back for Friday's game. As he's starting to do some stuff in practice, I I just I, I don't expect that he plays this week. That would be That's the expectation. I don't think Zion plays this week either. We haven't got an official word, except that we know that um, Zion has been ruled out for Wednesday. But I wouldn't expect Zion to play for the next week. In terms of what we're watching for the Rockets, Jabari Smith, I don't have confidence in the coach utilizing him in a better way. He should, but he's terrible. So I don't really have confidence in that, but I'd like to see Jabari um, do a little bit more offensively. I'm just not sure that game plan's there. But also watch Kevin Porter, who was in my sell high show. He's dominating at the moment. The shooting is unbelievable. Hitting his free throws, hitting his threes, hitting his twos at a crazy rate. He's been their best player over this little stretch. Let's see whether that sticks. And on the Pelicans, I had CJ as a sell high. Not only is he dealing with an increased usage, which will stick here, but he's shooting like 50% or 49% from three. That is going to drop. So can it be offset by increased usage in the short term? Maybe. But let's see how he deals with being the number one guy for maybe an extended period of time. And then, as I said, Herb Jones probably gets an increase in usage and becomes a solid enough 12-team short-term player. For the next game, we're looking at the Nets and the Bulls. Spread is Nets five-point favorites. Javante Green is out. Tony Bradley is out. Lonzo Ball is out. Royce O'Neal has been upgraded to probable after missing the last game, and Drummond is probable with a shoulder issue. 
in Brooklyn, we want to look at Tony Warren Jr., who is a little bit up and down. The minutes are strong. He's played 20-plus in six straight games, so we're expecting 20-plus. But all he does is score. Like, he doesn't do it. Last game, he did have steals and blocks. I know that. But it's not a, a recurring thing. He, his value comes on high volume, high efficiency scoring. And the Nets are blowing everyone out, like well, most teams out. And Warren's getting the advantage of some extra shots in those situations. But is he must roster 12? I don't think so. I also want to see what Ben Simmons is able to do. Last game was pretty good. He's not going to score. We know that. I don't think he's hit a free throw in over a month. He hasn't really taken many, but he hasn't hit one. But it's assists, it's rebounds, it's steals. Field goal percentage has been pretty strong. He's sort of doing close to what you want him to do if you do have him rostered. Not not, not great, but not far off. For the Bulls, um, like Patrick Williams, like what, what, are you, what are you going to do? Anything, something, maybe? Like I thought he was really bad last game. I don't know if he's got another gear to ramp up. I, I just, yeah, he's not a 12-team league player. But I also want to see the point guard rotation. I assume he played 30 minutes last game. Well, Kobe White played nine. And Alex Caruso played 20. Caruso did have some foul trouble in that game. What is the Desumu, Caruso, Dragic, White rotation like? I don't think any of them are 12-team league players. But if Desumu plays 36, then maybe he is. If Caruso plays 29, maybe he is. But we're just wanting to see that. At this point, I'm not super excited about either of them. The Heat and the Lakers. The Heat are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Anthony Davis is out. We know that. Tyler Hero his wife is about to give birth. He is with the team, but he could leave at any point. So just be aware of that. Um, Deadman is questionable. Nikola Jovic is questionable. Yurt7 is out. And then on the Lakers, Westbrook had to leave last game with a foot problem. So we'll mark him questionable. While Lonnie Walker is dealing with a tailbone issue. Hello. And he has missed the last two games. Lonnie. Um, on the Heat side of things, Jimmy Butler was really quite poor last game. Will he get a little bit more aggressive? Can the shots fall? Where does he fit? Or are they just going to say Bam and Hero just run things? Because that's what it was last game. Where does Butler and Lowry fit into that? Because but- Lowry struggled as well. I also want to watch Victor Oladipo, whose last two games have been very good. The couple before that weren't. But is he a 30-minute night player? It'll really help if Hero's out for his value. So where does Oladipo sit? I'm not convinced that he's must roster 12. But I don't have a problem with trying it. For the Lakers, Troy Brown started with Walker out. And he played pretty well. He's not a 12-team ad, but he's definitely moving himself into 14-team stream territory. And if they start him over Walker, which I don't think they will, it will be something interesting to watch. I also want to see Dennis Schroeder, who's getting the minutes. He played 37 last game. And if Westbrook is out, maybe that increased minutes actually does make him viable for streaming. But overall, his production's just been bad, and he's not really a 12-team guy. Hawks-Kings. This is a back-to-back for Sacramento. They have Kevin Herter and Malik Monk both questionable for Tuesday's game, so we've got to say there's a chance they miss Wednesday. We don't know that, though. While Clint Capella, I don't know whether he plays. I don't expect him to. But even if he does play, I would expect that his minutes are lower. So that means we keep going with the Nyakura Kongwu. DeAndre Hunter put up really good defensive stats last game, two steals and two blocks. And he is like 110th, I think, over the last two weeks in category leagues. That's not bad. I think he's still just a 14-team league player and not a 12-team cat guy. Um, because he doesn't really do much apart from score. But let's see, maybe that changes. I'd like to also see Trey Young hit some shots, man. Like he's taking a lot of them. He's getting good assists, but the percentage is just way off. And maybe last season where he took those big steps forward, maybe that's the anomaly, that he couldn't be this 40% three-point shooter continually. He's really struggled, which has been a, a real bummer. Pistons and Warriors. Actually, yeah, Pistons Warriors. 
Um, back-to-back for Golden State, is it? No, no, it's not a back-to-back. I left that back-to-back marker on there. It's not a back-to-back for Golden State. Um, Bagley is out long-term, hand injury. A lot of people say, man, I've got to go grab Jalen Duran now. Like, I don't know what you've been waiting for. Bagley was not threatening Jalen Duran. Like, Jalen Duran is going to get 31, 32 minutes a night. I don't think that's going to change. It only gets held back by foul trouble, usually. Bagley was not impacting him, I don't believe. What I think it does do is it means that they won't play Nerlens Noel much. So it means Isaiah Stewart plays more as the backup center, more staggering there. And then what I think that does is it does help more minutes for Sadiq Bay, the depressed penis. Because they'll start Stewart and Duran. Stewart will then come off early and he'll, or, you know, or Duran will come off early and Stewart will slide to center. And then they need a four to push in there. So I think that'll help Sadiq Bay more than say it bumps. It does bump Stewart up from a 28-minute guy to probably a 32-33, which makes him at least a 12-team guy. And I don't know whether Bay is a 12-team league guy because I just don't love his game overall. And he really struggled in those starts when Hayes was out. But there is an opportunity for him again to have some maybe 12-team value. The deeper league guy to watch would be Hamadou Diallo and Isaiah Livers if he does return, which we don't know. We know Curry's out, Kaminga's out, Wiseman's out, Iguodala's out, and probably Andrew Wiggins is out for the Warriors. So I do want to watch Killian Hayes, who returns from suspension. I believe he's a 12-team league guy. I think you could drop Alec Burks. He still can be a, street, a scoring streamer, but I think I would, I would rather Hayes over him. And then yeah, Jalen Duran, like what? Maybe he pushes 35 and I, I really don't think he's got it in him at this stage, and I think he's still going to play 30-31. On the Warriors, Clay Thompson was on my sell high because he's just doing so much. Usage is up, and he's playing 38 minutes a night. Like That is a dominating level of minutes. Does he do that again? Can he sustain big minutes long-term? And then I also want to watch Dante DiVincenzo, who remains a 12-team league player. Wigan still isn't there. So DiVincenzo remains that 12-team guy. In deeper leagues, we want to watch Pat Baldwin as well, who can be an option in 18-team leagues. Now, again, we're not looking at streaming options for Wednesday because there's 12 games on. I gave you enough sort of information there, I thought. But let's look at the next four days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Two high-volume days in that, in Wednesday and Friday. So we're really looking at the value there Thursday, Saturday. So who are the guys with the Thursday, Saturday streams that we want? Walker Kessler. Markel Fultz, Tim Hardaway Jr., Malik Beasley, Grant Williams, and yes, Mo Wagner, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. They play Thursday, Saturday. Now, Wagner and Alexander-Walker, Alexander-Walker might play 18 minutes. Wagner might play 18 minutes as a backup. He'll be back from suspension there, Mo. But given that so few teams play that Thursday-Saturday combo, Jazz, Magic, Mavericks, um, Celtics, Finding a player to give you those two games is not easy to do. And these guys are available. And you know, over that two-day period, the Thursday, Saturday, the value of two games versus one puts them in the top 75 total value for those two days. If you're looking at someone who's just got the one game, well, Trey Murphy's value is enough there to... He, only, he plays one of those low qualities. He's probably the best of those guys available. If we just look at the next four days in total when you're trying to maximize games for ads, the top... Seven names on this list, I think, are all guys that you want and you would start even on a high-volume day. Dan Gafford. He's only got one game in the next four nights, but I don't care. It's a longer-term play. Add him. Kyle Anderson with two games. I think he's probably worth it. Although Prince coming back might impact it. Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know whether Wiggins returns, but I still would go with Dante. Uh, Killian Hayes with two games. Yes, I would add him. Trey Murphy has three games in the next four nights and Zion's out and Ingram's out. That's really great value. Um, yeah, Herb Jones in that mix too, obviously. Uh, Najee Marshall, a little bit below that, but still there. Michael Fultz got three games in the next four nights with a bunch of players out. 
Walker Kessler's got two games. And then you go to San Antonio with Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now! They have three games in the next four nights, so he is worth having on your roster at this point. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.